0: Welcome to Canucks After Dark. Here are your hosts, Parker Halliwell and Clay Emo. Good evening once again, Vancouver and friends from all over the place. Welcome back to Canucks After Dark, episode number seven here on Monday, May Twenty fourth. It is the first episode officially of the Vancouver Canucks offseason. So because of that, we have a lot of stuff to talk about here on the 32nd ranked podcast or hockey podcast in all of Hong Kong. Uh, My name is Parker. Uh, You know me as Parker's Bucks. And and as always, uh, I am joined by my co-host Canuck, Clay Emo. How's it going?
1: In Hong Kong, because that means, you know, I'm half Japanese, half Chinese. That means my people, or at least people from where I claim to be from, they're helping us out. They are listening or watching or or doing something.
0: Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I think we have only like two views from from Hong Kong, but it's enough. Uh, I I think their uh, the hockey podcast market is uh, is pretty is <laughs> not very saturated out there. But glad we can uh, we can sort of cast the net uh, across the across the pond.
1: Awesome. And before I know you, uh, part of your intro, you like to kind of lay out where people can hear this and watch this, which is all really good. But why don't you tell everyone how special yesterday was for you or why it was special? And I think people want to know.
0: Uh yeah, it was my birthday yesterday. Uh no Clay is no longer uh twice my age. Um I'm 24. Uh no, it was great. Uh it's I mean, uh you know, happens every year. Uh, I guess nothing uh nothing too special.
1: Yeah, so basically, you can count on Parker's birthday like you can count on a Jim Benning end of the year press conference, which I know we'll get to in a second.
0: Of course. And while we have you all here, everyone in the YouTube chat, of course, we, we, uh, we love to have you guys around. We can see you all chatting. Uh, In the chat, there Uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of stuff tonight. Of course, the whole Travis Green thing, Jim Benning thing, uh, the JT Miller thing, a bunch of stuffs happening. (laughs) There's an Oilers and Jets game going on right now in the uh, intermission of second overtime, so we'll we'll touch on that, uh, of course. Um, And uh, yeah, uh, if you are watching afterwards, or if you miss any part of the show, you can uh, you can listen in on your favorite podcast platform we've been plugging the apple podcast reviews and you guys have not disappointed Uh, we have a a few more of those to read that we'll get to throughout the show again tonight but if you want to follow us outside of the show all of our links are in the description uh, on here or if you're watching the podcast uh, it's on those as well
1: by the way uh, brad in the chat said he was born on May 23rd as well. He didn't say the year, so happy belated birthday to Brad yes. Clarkson as well. It's a good date. It's a good, <laughs> good date. <laughs>
0: yeah. All right. We'll, we'll give you that. We'll give you that. Is there anything I'm missing that we normally do at the beginning, or are we just ready to dive into some, into some stuff here?
1: No, usually you do your intro. I do a quick hello. You mentioned the feedback channels, and uh, no, I think we're good. You, you kind of hinted at what we're going to talk about, so I think we can get right into it. Well,
0: where we... There was some news in the upper management and at the coaching level. Where do you want to start with? Do you want to start with the the GM or the coach today?
1: Yeah, let's go GM. We'll go in order. And oh, descending we're starting order with negativity. If, let's go. All right. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> Take it away. So you you introduced the betting and I'll introduce the green. How's that?
0: Sure. Uh, it's on brand. Uh, so Jim Benning, uh coming back as general manager last year. We got the tweet from Friedman. Probably what was that like last Tuesday um saying that uh jim benning was told that he would be returning as canucks gm next season um and this was much to the chagrin of canucks fans uh pretty uh universally Uh, i i i mentioned in the video that i made when that got announced um halford and bruff had run a poll that morning and it was uh literally the poll was do the canucks need an extreme makeover in management 96% 96% of people said yes. Now, wow. imagine wow. getting 96% of people to agree on anything. It's impossible. You can't do it. But <laughs> Canucks fans over the last seven years uh, have, you know, sort of all trended in this direction. There's a vocal minority of people who uh, still support him. Uh, the Calebs of the world, of course. But uh, it looks like we're <laughs> in for another potentially wild offseason
1: here. Well, and you did a great video. And I think actually last Monday, you hinted that you had, you're ready to go with whatever the Jim Benning news was, either a extension or not extension, a a keeping of them or a firing of them. Mm -hmm. And yeah, your video did really well and rightfully so. It was well, well articulated and needless to say, you were of that 96% majority. Is that fair to say, Parker? That is
0: fair to say. And now the funny thing is you said I was ready for either scenario. The script was written for him getting fired. Um, that, oh. that was the same script, just the tone changed. Uh, so yeah, my, of course, my, because there was that, uh, Alex Blair, I think tweeted out that morning saying, I'm hearing that there's going to be changes made as soon as today. And so I, so that right. morning I wrote that script up and, and then I, and then when he got fired, I kind of looked at it and I'm like, well, everything that I said here still works. <laughs> it's just, uh, in a more somber, uh, tone. So it's, uh, you know uh it worked out uh the video did well of course there's the few people in the in the comments who uh who lean the other way and that's fair um some of their criticisms were not very good but hey that's uh that's part of that's part of what we do i guess
1: yeah and i uh, before we before we talk about betting and green i I must ask you when it comes to content creation i think people would be interested in this do you shy away or do you embrace or are you kind of neutral when it comes to more clickbaity things. I say that because I mean this, I, I say this to your face. You are not about the clickbait. I don't think I'm about the clickbait. I know others are, and there's reasons why, you, you know, easy view sometimes and to each his own. But I, I, I don't, I notice that you do not really fall into that category. Is that a philosophy or is that just kind of, you like talking about stuff that's confirmed as opposed to stuff I'm speculating, you know I what think, I mean? I think there's a line
0: to toe and it's, uh, Yeah. I think clickbait is fine if, it's still worth the view. Like if if you can make something a little more exciting and they and the viewer can come in and they are still okay with what they saw. Like they're not like angry. Like mm. oh, this isn't even what you told me I was going to be watching. That's one side of it. Uh, but if you can sort of toe that line and be uh, at, and at least have the content be worth watching, still um, the issue you get to is you have people that click on the video and then they immediately click away because it's not what they're expecting, which is worse than them not uh, clicking at all uh, in, in YouTube's eyes. So it's. Uh, yeah. I, I kind of stay away from it because it's kind of hard to do with what we make videos on, right? Like we could do in all caps, Jim Benning fired or something like that, right? If he was fired. Um, but, and, and that's, I mean, that's probably what I would have done to be honest. Um, but it's, it's one of those things where you can try to make everything as exciting as possible, but I, I try not to, I'm not going to like lie in the title, but you know, right. I, I still want people to click. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And I think it's a, it, you're right. It is a fine walk that we walk, a fine line that we walk as content creators. It, two really quick points. It was interesting because the betting one, I waited till the next day uh, because I wanted to be sure. Whereas the Travis Green one, as soon as I saw one tweet, I actually took a break from my work day. So it just kind of, for me, it it depends on what kind of mood I'm in, what kind of situation I'm in. And if I can get out there and do one that's not a fib then I likely will. To tr- mm-hmm. You'd like to try and get ahead of it. But at other times, you know, circumstances uh, dictate it not to be. I bring that up because the one time where I tried to jump on something and it actually burned me in the butt, it was <laughs> back when they were going to announce the bubble um, locations. Do you remember that Vancouver and Vegas were yeah. rumored to be the two? Yeah, those were the And not big Toronto and Edmonton. Yeah, so I heard Rob Fay, Farhan Lalji, uh, other people talking about Vancouver. And I went out and I did a quick vlog about it. And then uh, yes, it got a few hits, not amazing, but uh, and then I was walking it back within a couple of days.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, this, the, for for this yeah. one, I I was sort of the opposite of the Travis Green one. I waited till the Canucks put a press release on that one. Yeah, um, but on yeah. the on the Jim Benning one, when it was Friedman, and I was like, okay, hey, it's it's Elliot Friedman, like it's 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 fine. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I mean, if it had, I mean, if they had come out and fired him the next day, that would have just been another video, I guess. I would have been like, well, and no. it went, but I would have focused on like the media coverage being incorrect. Right. Because all I'm doing is For I, sure. I'm taking the, the headline that comes from, you know, the source, right. I don't, we don't, have, we don't have sources. Uh, we, we just talk yeah. about our thoughts. Right. So I, I yeah. basically yeah. spend 30 seconds talking about what happened and then the, the rest of the 12 minutes talking about why I'm angry about it. Um, good, good. And you know, I can I can spin that <laughs> if I need to, I guess. So, anyway, no, that, that
1: makes sense because yeah, you're right. No one's looking for us to break the news. They're looking to people like us to give an opinion and informed opinion right. on that news because you're right. We're never gonna outsource a Friedman or a Drager.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then you remember if if we were to somehow get a source first, then we would have to make a video publish it get it to process before someone else tweets it out so it's youtube's <laughs> never going to be the breaking news source unless like we're live uh, or anything but you're right yeah i mean just uh, yeah. i guess regarding G- jim benning in in total um yeah. i i sort of said like my initial thoughts on jim benning and even over the last couple of years they were everything i was like ah eh, that's like let's say the Jay Beagle and Antoine Roussel signings. Those were at that, at that time I was like, Oh, that's not great, but it's not going to kill us. Right. But then the problem is it's the accumulation of those. Right. And it's the, it's the seemingly nonstop accumulation of those where it's, you know, the, the, then it's Tyler Myers. And then, you know, it's X, Y, and Z. And the, (laughs) the contracts keep slowly building. And like even Braden Holpe, right. Pretty minor, like two years, 4.3 million. But with a flat cap, that makes next year tougher, right? That's four million that you, mm-hmm. or you know maybe you had a two million dollar backup instead, but it's you know it's two and a half million that you now don't have uh in a in a world where every dollar matters and the more value you lose on those deals uh, eventually it it just makes it impossible to compete
1: yes, so when you hear Parker when you hear Jim Benning said we're going to be aggressive, we are going to explore buyouts trades free agency, and then you just listed half dozen contracts that you don't like. How did that make you feel when you heard him say that aggression scares me? Um, Mm -hmm. I, I respect it
0: because I think you have to, right. He's saying, I'm not going to just sit around and do nothing. Right. What we heard from that press conference is no, this isn't acceptable. And that's a start, right. And the buyout angle hearing that is good because that means ownership is Mm -hmm. maybe loosening the purse strings a little bit. Um, it, it, it just is scary because <laughs> we've seen him we've seen you know him getting burned in the past you know g- going all out for an Eric goodbranson or um you know like a like a second round pick for Lyndon Bay uh like he his trading yeah. track records not not great but it's also not terrible he's got a 50 50 in that in that regards it's the free agency that scares me it's uh going yeah. in and him thinking well we maybe we have you know six million to spend but we're going to have to give a guy six years again, because that's the only way that they'll come here. (laughs) And you know, you're looking at a guy who's going to be maybe on the second line for the next two years and then drop down. And then, you know, we're just, we're just repeating this cycle over and over again. So it's Mm -hmm. the thing that's, that's the scary thing is it's one more year of Jim Benning, which is like, Hey, worst case we lose one more year, but not really because worst case he signs an anchor that goes on six, seven years into the future uh and that's where it gets dangerous uh in my mind
1: yeah yes and uh no well well said both in your vlog and just now and yeah we can tie this into travis green now because there's so many tie-ins obviously that they're they're working together and one's the boss the other but i've always said and i said this as recently as last week i always thought it was going to be benning stays green goes even though i kind of wanted the opposite i Mm -hmm. want benning gone green to stay and lo and behold both guys are staying. So Travis Green signs a 2-year extension to his contract when that contract ends, it ends the same time as Jim Benning's general manager contract. And what's interesting about this Parker, a, a couple things. Um all the body language to me in the last week of the season told me that Green was going. It just didn't sound like and look like he was someone who was confident that he was going to be back. Maybe he was playing a bit of a poker face or maybe truly this all happened to 48 hours. So let's talk about that. The other thing I was going to um talk about was um What's interesting with a two-year contract is after a year, he's going to be in the exact same spot he was this season, and that is coaching in his last year of his contract. So maybe the Canucks do get some playoff success where it's not an issue or there's a, a quick decision, a quicker decision made on him. But we could be reliving this all over again in a year from now. So those are two things that really stood out to me. The, number one, uh, yeah, that that part and, and the second part about just uh, – the fact that this went completely against the grain of what I was feeling and sensing. I don't know about you. I think my, my uh, what I feel from it is,
0: I think this is ownership being unsure and just sort of kicking mm-hmm. the can down the road. And their thought is, right. well, we have Benning for two more years. And when, you know, firing a coach and a GM with one year left on their deal happens all the time, right? Uh, two, mm-hmm. not as much uh, potentially. So I think what their thought is, is, okay, let's give Green two years. Uh, yep. Line it up with Benning, and then we can see. Right, we can see how next year goes. If it goes really well and they're both doing well, okay, then we'll keep them for that ne- that second year. But if it's you know a tire fire again, and and the team <laughs> the team has a month where they lose eleven out of thirteen games, then you can you know then you can start saying, okay, now let's start looking elsewhere. Now that they're sort of tied together, um, and we don't yeah. have to. And I, I think it's it, it's sort of an indictment on their. The way that they structure things, how they're like, Hey, mm-hmm. I, I think Travis Green didn't get signed because they weren't sure if they were going to keep Jim Benning. And they do everything on such a tiered structure, right? So they said, until we know that we're keeping Jim Benning around next year. And remember, if Jim Benning was only told that he'd be around next year a week ago... That means that they weren't decided until a week ago yeah. that he was going to stick around. So they made that decision. Then like two days later, they extend green. And then now they're looking at all the assistant coaching staff. Uh, and it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's, it's really pushing things down to the last minute. And that's, <laughs> I think that's really a trend with this whole front office, whether it's ownership management, it's, it's just, let's push everything to the last minute and make the decisions when we absolutely have to.
1: Um, and it's uh, it's a weird way to operate in my mind. That is a great point. And you know where else we saw that Parker was was in the summer when they couldn't negotiate with all their UFAs because they're waiting to see what happened with Oliver Ekman Larson. You mm-hmm. make a great point, Parker. They, they don't multitask well. No. They don't. And and I know some people say you shouldn't multitask. You should focus on, on one thing and do it well. I have time for that, but not if you're running an NHL franchise where you have other people waiting and, and ready to pounce on your free agents, whether they're players or coaches. So that's a I think you make a really good point there about. Yeah, if they're just waiting, knocking things down off their list one by one, it does set you up for tricky situations. I think the other thing, too, that stands out for me with this Travis Green thing as well and Jim Benning, actually, bringing both guys back. So no changes yet and maybe additions to their management structure. I think it's the Aquilini saying, we know this was a weird year. We know that uh, the schedule didn't do us any favors. You know, at the start of the season, Jim Benning addressed that, said we don't see anyone else's schedule. We thought that everyone else had a, a crazy schedule to start off the season. I, and that's fair. That, that might be a little naive, but I, I I don't think he's lying. So between the schedule, COVID, and then other circumstances, of course, like the Jake Tannen thing, it was, it was a crazy year. To me, it sounds like uh, the Aquilini's are giving Benning and Green another chance and saying this, hey. This wasn't your fault, despite what the fans might be itching for.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I don't really like that argument because it's like, oh, it's a weird shortened COVID season. It, yep. Well, there's two things to that. One, every team had the exact same scenario, right? Everyone got upended, mm-hmm. putting weird divisions into these sort of mini bubbles. Every team had to deal with this and they all did fine. Um, yes. And I mean, the Canucks were probably in the worst division in the league uh or one of right like pretty pretty competitive in that regard and they did poorly um yeah and and the other part of it is because i've seen lots of people being like well they 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 got covid and it it really up into their season but like remember remember how we were feeling in february the season was over in everyone's eyes basically at like the end of february because the canucks went two and eleven or whatever it was two nine and two or something like that in february like it was over then that was well before any COVID things happened. Of course, other than like Jordy Ben and JT Miller missing a couple games. Uh, but that, mm-hmm. that wasn't the reason that they, that they fell out. Uh, the reason they couldn't play defense for two months. Uh, and yes. it's, and you know, if we're looking at coming back with the same defense or a similar defense again, it's uh, I mean, I feel like, I feel like this is the conversation that happens every year at this point.
1: <laughs> no, that's true. That I, I accept that what you're saying about yeah it's not the best reasoning but i truly at the same time i do think it's what the aquilinis are going right. with and if that's what helps them sleep at night truly and if that's how they run and run the team then we as fans oh, uh you know gotta accept it what you accept it whether you like it or not mm-hmm. you can't change it which I, I would love your quick comment on did you see the anti-benning protest i saw a couple tweets
0: um <laughs> what a turnout hey uh it was massive. Yeah, I mean it was I I think it was a little bit rushed and a little bit uh poorly planned. Um kind of like who's going to who's going to take time out of their what was it Saturday? that happened? Like your Saturday you're afternoon, nice, you got a sunny Saturday afternoon, like a super nice weekend in the city, a long weekend. No one's mm-hmm. taking an hour out of their day to go down to Rogers Arena and and protest, something that's not going to get changed because they just announced that it wouldn't. Um, yeah. So I, I think I think it was a, a bit of a stretch from the start.
1: Truly. Yep. And I, I on, the, on the flip side, so we don't get any of these guys mad at us. Obviously, you're allowed to express your displeasure however you want, whether it's a protest, a petition, by not spending money. But th- I agree. The look wasn't the best. But um, if that's how you want to express yourself, that's how you want to express yourself. Yeah, of course. I know have- I wouldn't do it.
0: No. Yeah. Like you have every right to, every right to protest, do whatever you want. Uh, it's just, you know, it's, it doesn't look good for your protest when it's that small. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where you need to, uh, you need to really rally the yeah. troops if you want to. Cause otherwise it look like you look at that and you're like, oh, it really is just a vocal minority. Uh, when in reality it's not good, good right. <laughs> like it's, it's not, yeah. but it, it gives off that vibe. So, uh, maybe, maybe not the, the best planning there.
1: Yeah, that's, that's fair. I, I wasn't invited. I don't know if you were.
0: No, no, I was, I was, I had plans. <laughs> um, and while we're here, I just want to give a shout out to All Court Player on Apple, uh, on with the Apple Podcast review. Just saying, world's greatest podcast. Avoiding Canucks after dark. Don't do that. Uh, so shout out yeah. uh, All Court Player for the five star review. And if you guys want to, you can head over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five star review, and we'll read it out during the next show. Um, Love it. And, oh, I guess while we're still on the coaching staff. Um, obviously you're a little biased with your goaltending coach, uh, (laughs) your, your close proximity to, to the Jets goaltending coach. Um, he
1: got some more love today. Well, now he's, he was former Jets and former LA, but he got some more love on hockey night in Canada today, actually.
0: Did he? I didn't see that. Um, yeah,
1: I didn't see it either. Yeah. But. Sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. What I get your, excited.
0: what are your thoughts on the on this uh, this Ian Clark thing? Obviously, they they really have pushed it to the last minute because they waited. Because <laughs> again, they had to wait to get Benning done and then wait to get Green done. Even though the goalie coach is such a separate thing, like like you yeah. look at the Rangers, right? They've had their goalie coach there for like 15 years, uh, and he survived like four, five different head coaches. Um, but apparently, he set a deadline a couple months ago and yeah. they just ignored it and now they're going back to them and you have guys like thatcher demko Braden holtby basically begging management <laughs> to to bring this guy back like he's that good
1: yeah that's the crazy part parker is um yeah they're following your theory of not the opposite of multitasking i guess single tasking mm-hmm. gm head coach and scouts now Uh, position coaches and assistant coaches so you're right i've heard and we've all heard that uh, ian clark put a what do you call it Something post a deadline on the team they missed that deadline to come up with a final agreement i've heard he's pretty upset um that that things haven't worked out yet um i've heard that from multiple people and not just people that have in the industry they've hinted at it but i've also heard from people who know people but you can take that for what it's worth but yes, he he's good. He you're right. And it, just because Benning and Green and were their negotiations or their futures were uncertain, it didn't mean you couldn't lock up your goaltending coach. And to hear Demko talk using the word desperately, right, and hopefully mm-hmm. a veteran coach who's won a Vezina Stanley Cup, saying, you know, I, I like working with this guy. We need this guy. That says a lot. Just like the coaches went to to bat for Green. The mm-hmm. goalies are going to bat for Ian Clark, and that says a lot. Now, of course, yes, you hinted at it, and for anyone who doesn't know, somehow you don't know because I talk about it every two days on, on Twitter. My first cousin, Dusty, is a former goaltending coach for the Jets and the LA Kings, and he's worked with a lot with Jack Campbell when Jack Campbell was with the Kings organization. That's why with Campbell's emergence with the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, they, he got some love last month when Toronto, uh, when Campbell went to the team, and he got some love again today saying that uh, you know he worked for, with them for three years. In LA. So I, there's just, you know, obviously if Ian Clark doesn't come back, I would love it. I would absolutely love it. And I know my cousin, Dusty would love it. A chance to coach in his hometown for the team that he he was a fan of growing up. There's a tiny, 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 small part of me that says if Clark goes on and Dusty somehow gets the job, if he does poorly, you know, I'm afraid that people are going to turn on him, but I, no, I'm not going to worry about that until way later um but yeah this ian clark thing is fascinating especially i heard he's a big personality in the room parker like he's mm-hmm. very uh gregarious outgoing and it wouldn't surprise me if he has been cho- talking a little bit all to say if it makes demco Markstrom happy we're not talking like one and a half two million dollars like a head coach makes i presume we're talking about in the hundreds of thousands i don't know do you know how much these guys make no idea but i mean
0: it's not on the salary cap Like, if, like, you just, so you just, you just made a $25 million US dollar investment in your starting goalie for the future. And he's coming out and saying, Hey, this guy is going to make me good. Yeah. If he wants a million dollars a year, if he's the best at what he does in the world, then yeah, you pay for that. Right. Like, even if he wants double market rate, if he's going to make your $25 million goalie perform better, not like a ten million dollar goalie, but like a twenty five thirty million dollar goalie, then that's so worth every penny, right? So it's and you also have like you think about it, if Holtby leaves um, after next season and D Pietro comes as the backup, don't you want the best goalie coach in the world training up this new guy too? It just it seems yeah. obviously not my money, but it seems like a no brainer mm-hmm. if you want. I mean, the Canucks have been blessed with with goaltending for the last like fifteen years, obviously. Um, but don't you want that to continue?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what's really funny, Parker, you might hear this too. Right in the press press conference, Jim Benning says, uh, when they asked about Ian Clark, he says, well, I plan to talk to him later today. Then I heard Benning talk on sports and he says, well, I'm going to try and find him today or maybe it'll be over the next couple of days. So even on the same day, he was, he was like you said, kicking the cat further down the road. We'll see. Shannon even asked in the chat just now, said, when will we hear? When do we find out if Clark's come back? Uh, shannon your your uh, your guess is as good as ours we don't know yeah. and that's the whole point of our, our conversation is is we it's up in the air we don't know we don't know yeah do you think i uh, maybe
0: jim's just like i am like i just i hate making phone calls like i hate <laughs> calling somebody maybe that's just maybe he just really doesn't like having to make phone calls uh just very is that uh, why we haven't it's <laughs> just <the laughs> non-confrontational so i don't know it's it's just kind of what it feels like. It's like, yeah, maybe I'll call him later. Maybe I'll call him tomorrow. <laughs> it's like this is it. It's he's the best in the world. <laughs> yeah, Go come on, Jim. It. You're not making. Yeah, you're not making a dentist appointment. You're you're no. actually trying to sign your. <laughs> yeah, like I think like I I heard um, I don't remember who said it, but basically, technically Travis Green was a free agent for you know the day or two there. Apparently the moment wow. the Canucks played their last game and that like the night or the the when the clock struck midnight after their last game their regular season was over his contract was over uh so he was I free did not know to, that. he was free to sign with anyone i don't know if that's how it works for the rest of the group um but if i am an assistant coach or a goalie coach and i've hit that point, point where i am a free agent i'm taking those phone calls right like i want to see yeah. like i don't want to be stuck you know without a job next year Right, you're gonna take those phone calls and you're gonna say, Oh, you know, uh Arizona's offering me XYZ and and that and that's just extra bargaining power, right? And you can say, Well, Arizona has Mm -hmm. nicer weather than we do. Uh you could just stress, you know, that's gonna be an extra hundred grand or something like that. So uh, Yeah, I, I wonder if it's the same for guys like Ian Clark, like if he is technically a free agent right now. Because um, then, yeah, I think yeah. we won't know anything until we hear another team announce that they've signed him or the Canucks
1: announcing that they've signed him. And Brad affirms our uh, our theory that Benning, you know, might not be the best on the phone. He says that's why his negotiations are horrible. It's all by text.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's pretty- Maybe, yeah, just... Uh, just the, the age of kind of like uh NMC question <laughs> mark. Jim just like
1: thumbs yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. That's 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 it. awesome. Well, well we're at the halfway point and he just said, uh, maybe we, this is a perfect lead into it. Uh, so negotiating with your goalie coach by not phoning him, what would you say to Parker about don't, that Parker?
0: Say, don't do that. Like maybe, maybe, reach, maybe reach out to the guy and, and say, Hey, here's a blank check and make our goalies the best in the league, please
1: um that that would be a smart thing to do you would think so friends in the chat this is our call out to you we're at the halfway point of the episode we want to hear your best don't do that it's the it's the segment that's sweeping the the podcast nation after parker dropped a simple don't do that two uh two episodes ago actually about jim benning i think it was wasn't it Yep, jim benning in the (laughs) Safeway. And while we wait, so, while we wait <laughs> for
0: those to filter in, your don't do that's of the week. Yep. Uh, shout out to uh, to Epic Twenty Four here, another five star review over on Apple podcast mm-hmm. titled "Simply Outstanding." Uh, in my opinion, Canucks After Dark is the best hockey podcast out there. Great takes on hockey from two good looking gentlemen. Awesome podcast. Now, my one issue I have with this review: he said great takes on hockey two good looking gentlemen. Like if you're going to put those, yeah. if you're going to have a great and a good, you might want to flip those around. But other than that, exactly. we, we appreciate it.
1: But we'll take the good. All right, let's go. Um, not reaching out to Ian Clark. Don't do that. Uh, exactly. Good fangirl. Um, Shannon, Jets win. Don't do that. Come on, Shannon. We're, so while
0: we're here, I, let's talk about last week when we went over our brackets and I and you picked the Jets, and I said that's a bold move. Yeah, um, I was wrong. <laughs> Unless by some crazy thing, the Oilers go on a little reverse sweep here. Uh, I don't have the game up right now, but um, yeah, it's really looking like the the Jets are going to pull us out, which I'm good. I'm good with. I'd prefer the Jets to win personally. Mm-hmm. I just picked the Oilers.
1: No, for sure. And um, this wasn't uh, particularly, you know. It was because the Jets are my favorite team after the Vancouver Canucks mm-hmm. and I did think they had a chance. So yeah, and no, no, we've been a good sport, but we didn't even decide on our, our, our wager. I'm sure we'll figure something out. No, it's yes. too late now. Uh, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of hoping the game would be over so I could wear this loudly and proudly, but I, I know we're Canucks after dark, but I, I'll wear my Winnipeg. This is the only, the only shirt or jersey of, of a team that's not the Vancouver Canucks that I own, just so people know. Wow. It. Yes, yes,
0: yes. Um screwing up next season, Benning? Don't do that
1: from Rome. And I like this, and you can explain the reason why. Blocking Clay and Parker on Twitter when they're just having some fun. Don't do that. Yeah, so this
0: was... So last night, um, Clay responded... Was it to the... Well, What what was my tweet, even, that you responded with a thumbs up? Or was it just your tweet with a thumbs up?
1: No, I think it was, Happy birthday, Parker. Thumbs up. Yeah,
0: and then... Uh, A guy went in and he responded and he said some offensive words and said, stop sharing this expletive expletive gif or whatever. Uh, And I just responded. I had had a couple cocktails. It was my birthday. And I was and I was just I was feeling a little I was like, "What, what is this guy doing? So I went in there. I'm like, sheesh, dude, like we're just like we're just hanging out, having some fun. And then I go back and try to look at it. Cause again, I don't remember what he said cause he blocked me. I can't see yeah. it anymore. So yeah. uh, I thought that was pretty funny, yeah. pretty soft, but you know.
1: Well, he used, yeah, he used two adjectives. One I can say here is creepy. He, he said that, mm. uh, but the other one he used probably uh, that is a homophobic, homophobic slur. So we yeah. won't say that. We don't stand uh, don't do for do that, that yeah, So Yeah. No, no, don't do that. Don't no. do that. Here's one. Uh, move Miller back to the wing. Don't do that put PD on the wing Interesting. Yeah. I do. I, like what, talk about JT, yeah.
0: I do like how they sort of did that last year where they basically just had Miller taking face offs. Cause for some reason, Pedersen's good at everything except face offs. Um, yeah. and then, yeah. so they just put Miller in for the face offs, but then Pedersen was still playing the role of center, which I liked. Um, which I think I think they're good to try that again. It's going to be interesting, really. It's going to depend on what pieces are available to to plug together, right? Like if you want to keep mm-hmm. you know Pedersen and Besser together, are you going to put them with a Miller? You could try it with Horvat, although Horvat and Hoaglander work together. Although I think Hoaglander would work well with anybody. His play style. Yes. Um, I think it's going to be a real interesting. Uh, it's going to be a real interesting training camp and off season just to see what pieces we have especially with benning saying he wants to go get more speed and skill in the top six finally yes. speed and skill <laughs> not meat and
1: potatoes that's great to hear <laughs> now you mentioned jay and saw you put jt miller and his supposed supposed is the keyword trade request or trade desire uh you put that in the show notes why don't you open that part up uh, good segue there
0: yeah, I just also Cyrus saying not starting Canucks after dark with the Clay thumbs up meme. Don't do that. I did, I did skip the Clay thumbs up meme today. I was, I was kind of, yeah. I was kind of panicking and forgetting which buttons to press, and I forgot to unmute Clay for the first five seconds. Again, I just, oh, just great. I'm sorry about that. I'll cut it from the podcast version so it'll sound fine. Uh, but yeah, no, we're, uh, I'll, I'll try to remember for next week. But yeah, we're talking about JT Miller here, um, and it came out um or it wouldn't really come out but it was being discussed that um someone didn't want to come back and basically the rumor mill mm. swirled into being jt miller um and then he goes and he talks directly with elliot friedman apparently and gives him a nice statement i don't have it uh, verbatim in front of you basically said nope
1: uh, i love it here uh, i'm not looking for a trade right did you believe it at all when you first heard it? I know it was only out there for a couple days, but... Uh,
0: yeah, I mean, I I usually take everything... Like, anything rumory, it's like, usually those things don't come to fruition anyways. Um, so I kind of looked right. at it, and I'm like, oh, that's... it's almo-, I almost take it personally. I'm like, oh, we weren't good enough for him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But no, I think, um, you know, if he... I, I, I never blame the players if they want out of somewhere, because, like... Mm -hmm. maybe it's a family thing maybe it's you know the guys you know he played for tampa and then he's now he's like 28 and now he's playing for a team that you know finished last in the worst division in hockey um and you know it's uh that's tough right you go from this sort of winning environment to basically having to try to carry a team and and it's a frustrating year right like um you know, you look at guys like Nate Schmidt, and apparently he's sort of rumored in that same vein right now, um, and it's like, yeah, well, if I'm Nate Schmidt, I just went from playing for Vegas, who has been a contender every year they've existed, and then getting traded to the team that almost beat us last year, thinking, wow, these guys are like on the up-and-up, and they're up-and-coming, and they're really good, and then, yeah, I get here, and the team is not able to play, and it's, and it's just a mess, and... I've had to move and there's a pandemic, right? Like every single thing yeah. that he associates with this year would get lumped into that, right? So I, I think it's one of those things where it's totally fair to feel that way. So we'll see how the whole Nate Schmidt thing goes as well. Um, he has value though, uh, at the very least. I, yeah. I don't see the Canucks coming out uh, as losers on on any move, especially they got him for a third. Uh, so it'll yes. be it'll be interesting to see what happens there.
1: And a great reminder, Parker, that, um, yeah, it's not just what we see on the ice. We don't know what's happening with these players' families, with their personal lives, with, uh, yeah, you never know. Uh, great point about coming from perennial Stanley Cup contenders to bottom dwellers, uh, what, basement dwellers, whatever mm. it is. There's more than just what we see. And and the thing is, that's that's kind of my point with the whole JT Miller thing. I think people kind of, they see the way that he's so animated on the ice, the the way that he might pout when he when he when something bad happens or a bad giveaway or bad turnover here or there which travis green seems fine with he says he's going to make a lot of good plays but he's going to also make you know some mistakes and and travis green can live with that regardless you see how animated his body language the way he people can feed into that or lead uh, you know you know take lead from that and you see that from jt miller you say oh Someone wants to be traded, and it might be a veteran guy. It's probably him. So I think that's how rumors get started and perpetuated. Mm-hmm. And uh, to me, it was refreshing that he actually spoke to Elliot Friedman the very next day and said, no, I want to be here. I really like it here. Now, um, he's probably got $6 million. or what, what does he make? 5.25 or something like that? He, he does well, right? Eight, maybe? Okay. Okay. Maybe so it's, it's good. 25. You know, you don't want... Yeah, yeah you're right. I, I just think... Uh, and he's got, what, three years left? Same... Expires uh, same as bowl, right? Two, two
0: years? more after yeah, so two more, basically.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's right. We're set up where Bester expires and then and then yeah, Horvat and Miller. So there we go. I I was my point is I was glad to see him address it right away. The Nate Schmidt one is interesting too, if that's the case, because uh yeah, he, he has so much more potential to do so much more. He had a rough start to the season for sure.
0: He did, but I think it I think he adjusted well, right? We we were promised Nate Schmidt is this like guy who wasn't great defensively but he had a lot of offensive upside and the offense didn't really work uh but he then turned into a pretty good defensive defenseman other than like the seven goals that got scored by going off of him in weird ways um which was just bizarre uh but i i think he like i had him as my as my best d-man for the year i think he was Mm -hmm. just always solid and and maybe that's not good enough but i think the rest of the defense wasn't good enough as well sort of a low bar to clear um but i do think you know i think that he's a, a valuable player for sure
1: yes no i agree i agree um it's funny you say that that seven goals off of him edler except for that very last goal in the very you know one of the very last games he'll try and block every shot under the sun and nothing will go off of him into the net and then Schmidt is not trying to block every shot. And yeah. yes, six or seven goal in off of him. It's funny how that works. Yeah, poor guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh,
0: all right. Anything else like that we're really looking forward to? I mean, you mentioned you mentioned Edler. Um, what do you think happens yeah. there?
1: Yeah, I'll admit I've been the first to say that I thought if he didn't play with the Canucks again that he would retire, but I was completely wrong. I'll admit it. I was 100% wrong. He flat out said... I uh, haven't talked to the Canucks yet. I'd like to come back. I like it here. My family likes it here. But he also said, I'm not done playing. I'm not going to retire. So th- then the question becomes, do the Canucks bring him back? And if so, at what number? I-, I-, I vlogged about it yesterday. I said I'd bring him back one or two years max, but no more than $2 million. That puts him at one third of the $6 million he made l- this season. And it's not a perfect formula, but Travis Hamanick made three point nine last year comes to us in a 1.25 that's basically a third as well so if would either take 2 million i don't know that seems like quite a big of a drop but it's been done before i guess yeah if
0: if i'm alex edler's agent i am looking at that and saying okay well he played like you know 25 minutes a night for you uh and he was like one of your best defensemen again uh (laughs) like right so i think i think they have uh they have a case to be made
1: uh so you're you were saying though yeah he played a lot of minutes uh, all the shutdown situations number one penalty killer so mm-hmm. you're saying yeah pay us however yeah. if he wants it's to stay so in vancouver he's gonna have to take that yep. cup. which yeah. i'd be fine and what's with. it hometown di- hometown discount versus a hometown like uh you don't want to get taken advantage of <laughs> so right yeah. what the number's going to be
0: yeah i don't know yeah, there's a point where he might want to, he'd be like, okay, I want to come back to Vancouver, but if you insult me with offering me a million dollars, like, <laughs> like you know, he's sort of earned that respect. So it'll be interesting to see what, that, what he does. I mean, if he wants to go somewhere else, I, it's weird because it's so hard to get a read on Adler, right? Like, he's just always so stoic yeah. and just sort of like a blank face. And he's like... Like he could say like, yeah, I want to go chase a Stanley cup. And I'd be like, all right, I believe him. Or he said, I just want to stay in Vancouver forever. I'd be like, all right, I believe him. (laughs) Like, it's like, he's just, uh, I, I, it's so hard to tell what he, what he's going to do, but it'll be, yeah, it'll
1: be interesting to see. It's working out perfectly Edmonton and, uh, and Winnipeg going to a third overtime Intermission is about seventeen or eighteen minutes, so we can sign off in about twenty minutes, and we can actually catch. The, not that we would do it yeah. just for that, but you know what I mean, folks. I gotta, I gotta go to bed
0: at some point. Jeez, if this game goes on to Travis like midnight, would would
1: you bring Travis Havnick back?
0: Um, I would, but I wouldn't like. I think he's a good player. And I would I'm not saying yeah. like, oh, they should just bring him back but again it's it all comes down to getting positive value out of your contracts, right in a salary cap world, the skill the, the goodness of your players doesn't really matter. it's it's how much value you get from the contract, right So if every team is spending the same amount of money, the team with the most value is gonna be the best team. so if yeah. you're if you're getting them for like something like two again, sure fine right but if if he's if he wants to get back up to that three three and a half number that he was close to before again he has every right to do that and if i were him that's what i'd be trying to do um but he's also said that he wants to stay in western canada that's where his family is so that's sort of like winnipeg basically winnipeg or west from there so it gives him like four options um yeah and if you know that's again it he's kind of Um, outbidding himself if he does that like saying like oh i'll only go to like these four teams like all right good luck but yeah i think i think he's good enough to get to get a
1: raise from what he was this year i think he'll get a raise as well i don't know if it's gonna be very close to what he used to got but the interesting thing is my my point i guess is if you bring hammock back whatever say 1.5 2 million whatever and you bring Edler back, then you basically have the same decor, except you're replacing Jordy Ben with Jack Rathbone in your in your top six, right? And that, that's basically what it's going to look like. And you'll Levy will still be on the outside looking in. And I feel push a couple people push back at me and said, if you bring Edler back, how are you going to develop your Levy? And I said, That's a really good question.
0: Well, <laughs> does is the organization even care about your Levy anymore? Uh, I know lots yeah. of the fan base really doesn't after his last few games. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're getting to that point, right? Like he's what, like twenty two? Mm-hmm right? Like, we're getting to that point yeah. where players don't go a lot farther from here, and if you're thinking, okay, you might still get a little better, okay, and then be what, like a 5-6 defenseman? Well, you can just go get one of those in free agency for a million and a half dollars at any point, right? That's not like a, a yeah. core piece that you need to focus on. Uh, it really depends on what, what the organization thinks of him. I'm fine with him not being in the starting lineup next year. I think it's an indictment if he mm-hmm. is. Like if If management comes back and and Yule Levy's our best option for number three on the left. It's like, hey, well, yep. clearly you didn't do that much in the offseason then because this defense is already <laughs> bad, and it's not going to get much better if we're not improving it. Sure. I hear
1: you. That makes sense. I think we've got time for one more quick topic, Parker, before we go to the people. Does it sound good? Sure. Which one do you want to All right. on here? All right, let's do that. Let's let's talk about the NHL playoffs. We we've, we've done good 40 to 45 minutes on the Canucks. What's stood out to you uh, from the playoffs so far?
0: Florida is a hockey state. Man, those are some good games. Uh, I am so yeah. I am really glad that this series has finally happened and it's been as close as it as it is. Um, Florida mm-hmm. Florida's really given a run for their money. Uh, you know, it's 3-2 going into game 6 on Wednesday, I think. Um, but they've been they've been good hockey games. Uh that's yeah that's been my main one. Also I called the sweep Aves over blues. So you I did. that was my first one that I got right. Uh man, that wasn't yes. close.
1: Yeah, that's one of two things that stood out to me, Parker, is just how powerful Colorado is. Anytime St. Louis ever took a lead or it looked like they're gonna come back in the game, Colorado just snuffed it out. So they you know it's only been one series, but how can you bet against them right now? The other thing I was gonna say is that in the East, and this I guess Shouldn't be a surprise, but I was surprised that Pittsburgh and Washington, the two, quote, favorites, one of them's out and one of them's on the verge of being eliminated in Washington and Pittsburgh, whereas the Boston Islanders, they look like as three and four teams, they can move on, although that was the tightest division. So it's not like the biggest upset ever, but in terms of seedings, the two underdogs could go through in that division. So those are the two Mm. things that stood out to me.
0: Yeah, I had Boston over Washington. um, Yeah, I I, think. I was like, they're the better team, Uh, but I thought it would take, I didn't think it would be over in five. I thought this was, I I thought it was a six or seven game series, but you know, the Boston, they, they won most of those games. I mean, the first three all went to overtime. So you look at any of those and anything flips and we're looking at maybe a three, three, two series for the capitals right now or anything like that. Um, But you know, you, you play the game, you see how it goes? And, uh, and, and Boston pull it out. And if we look at the penguins and Islanders, um the Islanders just don't have much like pizzazz to them, you know? Like they're a very Yeah. They're the they're like the Minnesota Wild uh before they had Caprasov, yes. right? They're kind of like they're basically the Minnesota Wild, right? Like they have Kaprasov mm-hmm. and the Islanders have Barzell, and then like everyone else is just depth, depth, depth. Um mm-hmm. and but we look we I mean we look at the Islanders and Penguins like that game today went to double overtime. If 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 Pittsburgh scores then they're up 3-2 and it's you know both of the overtime games we've gone to the Islanders there. Um again I, I have trouble counting out uh, Crosby and Malkin but you look at the goaltending and uh, the goaltending has not been good uh for Tristan Jari.
1: Yes. No. well said. And it's funny you mentioned how obviously that's the whole point of overtime. It can go either way but my my son Sean, he has a coworker who's a big Edmonton Oilers fan, and they're they're texting back and forth. And Sean's friend basically said, "Yeah, well, Edmonton could easily be up two one or three nothing in the series. Yeah, that's true, but that's why but they aren't. that's why overtime is so obviously yeah, pivotal. <laughs> that's yeah. the whole point, <laughs> man. This, yeah, I this
0: this Oilers Jets series is is crazy. I I mean that's I watched it last night. Uh, and I just when yeah. I went to overtime, I I threw it on, and I was I was excited. <laughs> I was fired up that the Jets won, because um, I it's just the I'm not an Edmonton fan, right? Uh, I I love yeah. watching Connor McDavid, but I think it's I, I think it's kind of beautiful to watch this player who is so good just be dragged down by this team that's just been pretty poorly built, right? They have all the pieces, mm-hmm. right? You have McDavid and Drysdale, you have Darnell Nurse, one of the best defensemen in the league this year. You have yep. My, Mike Smith, who was pretty good um I mean Koskinen has been awful but you know they they have we think of as all the pieces but then below that like it's just a bunch of nothing and it's it's very similar to what the Canucks have going on right now right like if you look at you know McDavid, Dreisaitl, Yamamoto, Nugent Hopkins then you look at like Pedersen, Besser, Miller, uh, Hoaglander, Horvath, uh Hughes yep. right like that's so like the cores are there and it's building around that. And if you can't build mm-hmm. around your core, then you're not going to get anywhere. And I, I, I think it's sort of a, a pretty good parallel uh, that we're seeing here.
1: Indeed. I just hope uh, as long as we get more playoff success than them faster, yes. I'll be okay with it. That would be, that would be good.
0: <laughs> All right. All right.
1: We got 10. And, and Chris agrees with you. Parker on point on McDavid. Very good. So we got 10 minutes. Should we go to the people? Absolutely. Anything you found here so far? No people, that's your cue. Uh, start typing in some good questions for us and we will happily Oh, Fangirl starts us off. Parker start us off. Thoughts on the lack of draft lottery luck for our Vancouver Canucks? Uh
0: it's I mean it's it's a bunch of ping pong balls. Uh, <laughs> like at the end of the day, it's <laughs> uh it's I it's not rigged, I'll tell you that much. Uh it's uh, a bunch of lawyers in a room. It's it's pretty funny that like these are lawyers probably you know probably billing like a thousand bucks an hour sitting there with their (laughs) these like little pages with number combos on them uh it's unfortunate uh and i mean we're looking at this year and what are the canucks like a nine percent chance to move into the top two so like it's not it's 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 probably not gonna happen uh and it's one of those things where it's like yeah that's life the canucks are gonna pick top 10 uh and then you know that's that's just the way it is
1: Mm -hmm. very good Justin says, thoughts on Kadri appealing his eight-game suspension? I'll start this one off, and then I can go to you, obviously. Uh, I don't blame him. Obviously, he wants to play. Uh, Colorado wants it in the lineup, so there's no harm. It's not like they're going to make the suspension any worse by him appealing. Eight games, I thought was it was harsh, yet it was justified. Using that whole theory that you taught me, one game equals four regular regular season games that's like 32 games so that seems really harsh but i i see where the whole reasoning was that he's a repeat offender and three times in the playoffs now three times a regular season that's bad all checks to the head it's not a good look so i don't blame him for appealing it i don't know if it's gonna be successful but it can't get any worse. I guess is my point.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're the NHL and you're looking at this guy, I mean, we don't know what lens the NHL Department of Player Safety sees anything through. To be honest, um but they, yep. they you're looking at this guy and he goes and he makes a bad play in the playoffs and injures someone a few years ago, uh, and then he does mm-hmm. it again and you ramp it up a little bit again, and then he does it again and it's getting to the point where you know there's a trend here, right? And if the guy's not going to learn from the first two suspensions, sometimes you're going to really ratchet it up and be like, "Hey, what point? When is he going to get it? Right? When is he going to understand yeah. that he's crossing this line?" Uh, and uh, <laughs> we'll see if he gets it this time. Uh, he has every right to appeal it, and he should. I, like, I mean, he should. But like, why wouldn't he uh, yep. if he wants to play yes, in the playoffs? Exactly. Um, and we've seen some of these go where. Sometimes the appeal process takes a long time. I mean, we've seen, I don't remember exactly what scenario it was, but there was one where a guy got suspended and then he appealed it, but the suspension had already run out, but the appeal went through. So we got like the money back, but like, that was it. Oh, weird. Um, yeah. But there's no salary in the playoffs, right? They just get a per diem. So it's, uh, right. Right. I, I think, I think they might like knock it down to six and just be like there you got your appeal but it's it's the whole appeal process is so wild to me in the nhlpa right because it's a union that's that's yeah. there to protect the players but like yeah. helping this guy appeal his eight game suspension is just like yeah we're helping you get out of this heinous act you did to this other part of our union and it's like it's
1: such a weird weird scenario uh in my mind mm-hmm. for sure i can knock off two pretty quick dsl says did you see the picture of dusty emo with jack campbell during the leafs and Habs game i did not see that dsl but i I, we've talked about that very quickly at the start of the stream that yes um uh, jack campbell does give a lot of credit to my cousin dusty for working with him in la which is cool uh dexter asked clay have you ever told parker about the car crash that happened on your stream i'll just do this for 30 seconds i was streaming after a game in the bubble playoff game in the living room we live about uh, 50 meters from a main road and you could hear the squealing of tires and then a a big crash on my stream so in the middle of my stream i went out to check to make sure everyone was okay there's some other people out there thankfully everyone was came back and resumed my stream but it was just it was it was shocking how loud because i don't live right on the main road mm-hmm. I, I live recessed in a little bit in a complex but to hear it was like live uh you know breaking news on yeah. imo tv or something yeah it was car, crashes, crazy. car yeah. crashes
0: are surprisingly loud we had one uh on our yes. street because i used to live on sort of a main road my old place and mm-hmm. I, I heard, yeah, you hear the squeal and then you just hear a, like a oh. crunch. And I, and I go outside and I'm looking and it's like, it's like a block down the road and I'm like in a basement in the back room and I could hear it and it's,
1: you know, it's aggressive, oh. but yeah. No, it's, it's very, very scary. Yeah. Here's a good one uh, from M. Santo. You can start this one. Oh, Nashi, I wanted to get to Brad's first. What kind of impact is Closing going to have next season and it will be the same impact or better or worse than Neils Hoglander this season? I don't want to get my expectations too
0: high. Uh, we look at Niels Hoglander nope. and he he overachieved. And, I mean, we've kind of gotten lucky in this, right? Like, Brock Besser came in for a few games at the end of one year, and then in his rookie season, and he was way better than we thought. Elias Petterson, way better than we thought. Quinn Hughes, even better than we thought. Uh, and I think we're getting so spoiled with all of these guys blowing away our expectations, that our expectations are getting a little up there. I'm seeing Pod Colson mm. like... Like he's, he's going to be like 20 years old coming to the NHL uh, from Russia, where he was playing like six minutes a night. Um, I, I'm going to, I'm just going to be happy if he, if he makes the team and he's on like the third line and he's playing, you know, 14 minutes a night and he's getting experience. And if he comes out and he's better than we are hoping and what we're actually hoping is, you know, he, he scores, you know, maybe a similar pace to Hoglander, scores like 15, 20 goals, then I think we're, we're all stoked on that. Um, but I, I don't want everyone to be like, you know, he comes out and he doesn't score in his first three games and everyone's like, ah, well, like all of our other prospects scored their first game. What's going on here? Uh, The Canucks have been very lucky with the guys coming through that have, uh, that have, that have really impressed to start their careers. So,
1: uh, don't, I don't think we should be writing anyone off uh, that quick. Yes, and a lot of people using that Bo Horvat comparison where Horvat came in on the fourth line, worked his way all the way up the lineup, and now look at him, a bonafide second-line center. Uh, For me, Parker, I see Colson as um, bringing a a similar type of work ethic as Hoglander, but almost the opposite. Stronger defensively than Hoglander, but maybe not as strong offensively. So it would be perfect if we, like, took the attributes of both guys but they they both work hard skate hard are going to be tough to play against and yes let's remember Hoglander will only be a sophomore and Podkosen will only be a rookie next season so it sets us up well at least
0: yeah he's going to I'm just excited it's always exciting to see how their play style translates right we're going we're seeing a guy yes. who I mean every time we we've we've looked at any clips of him it's literally he just looks like he's trying so hard <laughs> like he's just always just he has one speed and it's just go and he's always going uh and you know that's that's what Hoglander has been right he just he's just outworking everybody he's got that like sort of young energy uh that you know some of the older guys don't have anymore but uh yeah, yeah we can we can hope for the best
1: and let's end with these two uh M Santos says this can Francesco ever win back the fans and and Natasha asks uh we talked talked about Green returning but do what will it mean for team morale and or play well i can take the green one for sure i i think the players really like him mm-hmm. we saw that he can make adjustments maybe you know i think some people think green may be slow to make adjustments in game but we know he prepares well we know that he goes to bat for his players protects them well with the media and um we know that players like to play for him and they've, they've said as much and you heard it especially in the the season ending media availability so i i do think that green coming back is is a is a good thing and i think the players uh, will be the most happy about it. i don't i'm not sure mm-hmm. if you agree with that parker. Yeah, for sure. i think i think the players really really
0: like him and you know he he was in the league, you know, a few years ago, like 10 years ago. Um I, yeah, he, the the players like him and it shows. Uh so morale-wise, yeah. i think it's great. Um as for his coaching, i think he's i think he's just kind of a basic coach. Um but mm-hmm. you know, he's he's only coached in the nhl for 4 years, right? The guy's young. Like yeah. it's, it takes a while to you know, go to the best, uh, best league in the world and, and be a good coach. Um, M Santos, uh, comment on can Francesco ever win back the fans? Yeah. Uh, a lot would need to go right. Um, uh, seats gotta be blue. Let's start there. Uh, get rid of those burgundy (laughs) seats, make them exciting, do something fun. Um, I mean, If he goes back to being like, if this team were to turn into another, like, team like the 2011 team, then yeah, of course he'll win back the fans, right? If the team ends up being successful Mm -hmm. and they're spying to the cap and every game's a sellout again and the team's competing for a Stanley Cup and he's paying all the bills and uh the the team is being built well then yeah no one's gonna care about his meddling or anything like that because 10 years ago we didn't right it was oh the team's really good and they have a chance to to win the thing right who like and we have an owner that's spending the money right and and you look Mm -hmm. at those those comments uh that have said um you know 10 years ago the Canucks were the like the organization like top tier of the NHL and now they're like bottom tier of the NHL success changes a lot of people's <laughs> opinions really fast uh, I think
1: yes yes I agree with you if he can win back the fans if you're right if if we he builds a winner and whatever that means giving ownership coaching giving more people more autonomy more voices making better decisions whatever it all it all connects as you mentioned and I just think it, even come out of hiding once in a while, make a statement, do his own media availability, just become more relatable. You don't have to be the best public speaker. Heck, Jim Benning has shown that, but at least show that you care and you're listening to the fans, even if they don't agree with everything you say, instead of hiding behind a tweet every, uh, every couple months, maybe that's another thing he could do.
0: Yeah. The, the the tweets are so funny to me. Like the fact that he's, (laughs) it's so tone deaf because it's, he, he won't say he won't like go onto the podium, uh, except for like when he hires a new GM, like that's the only time uh and then every all the fans are complaining and then he puts out that one tweet and i think i literally have it saved on my computer uh because it was that good but the one where he just said um is this it i literally have it right here um happy that travis boyd became available to bolster our group injuries exclamation point Uh, like i'll I'll put this on the screen while we're here like this this tweet like it's so tone deaf it's like see injuries guys we have injury problems it's like yeah because there's not enough depth on the team uh yeah so it's uh it's it's pretty funny but yeah i think just being more relatable and being you know coming out and saying like let us hear your voice be like yeah no i understand you guys are frustrated and we want to win too uh, which is what he said yeah. in the statement but it would be nice to hear it out of his mouth and out of a carefully crafted PR statement basically
1: yeah and i'm not uh i'm not sure anyone's ever used travis boyd and bolster in the same sentence so uh we'll see no. what happens there
0: no that didn't that's an experiment that's over
1: i'll tell you that much <laughs> wow exciting stuff it was a definitely an eventful week in in uh, the canucks land and it, one of actually eventful week, but not a lot of change when you think about it. No, a lot happened and really
0: nothing happened at the same time. It's crazy. (laughs) Uh, A lot of news about nothing changing uh, and I think uh, I think that's going to be where we sort of wrap this one up uh, another yeah. you know the, the off season goes on uh, we're going to probably go watch this Jets Oilers game before we wrap up shout out to Justin he left a really long mm. review on our Apple podcast uh, and I will read it quite quickly if I can but he said a definitely must listen for it. any hockey or Canucks fan this collaboration is what happens when you combine two local legends now I've only been making videos for five months so chill out on the legends thing uh, <laughs> their insight and passion is clearly evident in a beautiful combination unmatched by any tag team duo they work off each other's fandom and humor in a great display of team chemistry their insight into the Canucks is top notch for any Canucks diehard or hockey fan in general and their humor never ceases to amuse even the most cynical of fans I highly recommend this podcast to any hockey fan but especially if you're looking for some great Canucks content these two legends are stars on their own and their hard work both independently as content creators come together in a beautiful partnership unlike any out there today keep up the great work and go Canucks go. We need to hire this guy for our, just for like our YouTube descriptions, like anything PR related. I think Justin's our guy, but Justin, thank you. Very kind. Uh, that if that doesn't get people to listen to the show, I don't know what will.
1: I feel horrible. He left that amazing review and I didn't ask his question.
0: (laughs) Ah, we'll get you next week
1: <laughs> okay uh, <laughs> justin's good he you know he knows how this works he, he's yeah, a good sport absolutely employee, thank you justin
0: <laughs> and thank you everyone who came and and, uh, and and hung out and watched the show if you joined late and you missed any part of it like edmund did i saw that you joined uh, super late and we're sorry you missed a lot but you can just rewind it's youtube you can go back to the beginning and watch it or mm-hmm. if you want to wait till the morning tomorrow it'll be up on apple Podcasts, google podcasts all the podcast apps spotify it's all there so you can go find it later on and go leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts like Justin did uh and uh, we'll read it out on the show next week. So thank you guys very much for hanging out Clay, anything else you wanted to say?
1: No, just um looking forward to enjoying a, the second week of NHL hockey in the playoffs uh, regardless of who wins who loses. But uh yeah, continue to follow the storylines and look forward to maybe an emergency uh, episode if we need one during the week but we'll see what happens for sure we will see anyways we're gonna go watch the jets and Oilers uh
0: ot number this is the third overtime second third third overtime oh boy it might third. be a late one folks uh anyways <laughs> like we said thank you guys for watching i will catch you next week